Hey everybody, Matt Johnson here, the creator and director of New Frequency, welcoming you to another episode of our podcast. Tonight's show is a really great tale of suspense for you called Iron. Joining me to introduce it is Ron himself from the piece, <laughs> Gil Glasgow. Here he Hi, is. Hi, how's it going? Hi, Matt. Iron in this character, or the character of Ron, is really, truly a despicable guy. Absolutely. He's, he's one of the best villains I think we've ever put out there in New Frequency, which is saying a lot because we've had a lot of villains. That's right. This guy That's right. is a dark villain in this piece who sort of makes a makes a, a a mysterious deal to gain his power as you'll come as you'll come to find out talk a little bit about about you know this guy compared to some of the other you played some dark characters yeah before it, but it, this guy is really really way out there yeah i think i think the the thing about this is i think the 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 relish with which he is is evil right um is is extraordinary yeah that to, to play somebody who is you know is no redeeming mm -hmm. qualities whatsoever and not only that just gets worse i, know. I mean every at every turn yeah. he takes a dark absolutely a he, he does not make any choices for the positive he right. makes every choice for the negative in right this. you just want somebody just to take this guy out you know yeah. um how do you find humanity in a character like that though because you still have to play a real person well there. i think you have to love it I mean, I think you have to find the love of evil. I mean, you know, right. yeah, just absolutely, you know, just just relish every yeah. uh, every dark moment that this guy has because you know if you if you look for the if you look for the fact that oh if i give this guy a warm laugh <laughs> right. or something like that it's yeah. just not going to work yeah. you know so i really do think you have to embrace the the evil here yeah. uh, and, and, and 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 allowing the other characters and allowing the story mm -hmm. to 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 hold the humanity of it right so uh, and the writing in this is really so so flowery and wonderful zk one of our our favorite guest writers here at the show right. wrote this one and really you know you know Gave you a lot of stuff. Uh, it's a mouthful, in. absolutely. <laughs> right. But and 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 uh, it was exposition that yeah. was exposition that was written almost in iambic pentameter at times. <laughs> right. You know, know, it's yeah. just really bizarre. Right. Uh, but uh, but I loved it. Yeah, absolutely it, loved it. And the the funny thing is, is you play a lot of these dark characters in New Frequency. Gil couldn't be a more lovely person <laughs> in <laughs> well, real thanks, life. <laughs> I put you in all these places right. in these pieces that show you off as as the most despicable, hard nosed characters. <laughs> He's the most lovely guy. <laughs> You'll listen to Goodbye Walt saying Willie, one of our, our pieces from uh, from earlier in the year, and you'll you'll hear you'll hear Gil's real nature in that. <laughs> I but, think so. But yeah. you really find this guy, and I think it's a great testament to you and the cast around you who really go there with really you. good cast yeah excellent job. everybody did a great job in this one you know it's funny when as writers and performers oftentimes in our everyday life you us in particular will quote pieces it just in our everyday life this piece is one of the most quoted pieces from Gil and I because there's a line where where we're ordering drinks uh, at the bar and you you're saying something of like you know something from the top shelf top shelf yes yeah, top shelf let's order something from the top shelf <laughs> I can't tell you how many times in our everyday life Lives. Gil and I are out, or we're somewhere. And it's like from something from the top shelf. Top shelf. <laughs> from the top shelf. We just always bring it out. Uh, that little moment of bringing this piece back yeah, to us that sticks with us forever. So when you when you uh, when you write these and and yeah. you're a, a major character mm -hmm. in it, um, uh, do you know that when you're writing it? Do you do? You... No, it usually doesn't. It, you know, it, I, I I I never really thought about myself in casting terms. Maybe there was a couple of times that a piece came out that I would you know think. Oh, it would be really fun to cast myself in that. But I always tried to kind of lay it out as to how the cast was going to go. Uh -huh. And I particularly don't like acting a heavy part in something I've also written. 
and, um, and if you're directing it, yeah, too, and I'm also sure directing it. Yeah. So it's a lot of stuff for me to do. Think of put on my writing hat and my directing hat, and also perform like in something like Goodbye Wall Street. Movie we talked about where I had a heavy right, character, but right. I also wrote that one. Right. Um, but in this one in particular, because Zeke wrote it. It gave me a little bit of freedom, yeah. I think, to go there. And I think if I remember it correctly in this piece, Zeke really wrote the the lead character for you, and then asked me if I would play it. So that oh, was well. what, what came down to it. And we have, you know, once again, you and I have some great scenes in this. We one. do. It's we always great. have great scenes in all of these. <laughs> yeah, I know we, we have we have so much fun doing it. Yeah. All right. Well, I say let's get, let everybody give a listen to this one at home. Thanks so much for joining me. You bet. Enjoy this one, everybody. It is called Iron. Something from the top shelf. <laughs> top shelf. <laughs> New frequency, a theater of the mind on the air. On the air. In three. It's coming. Pretty clever. In two. Overcome by a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful curiosity. In one. New frequency. It's like nothing I have ever experienced. Calling all freaks. You know, how does a soul go from being open and alive to being heartless and cold? How can a person get so much power that they can only use it to ruin other people's lives? Now, we can't speak for all corrupt men, but maybe they've suffered the same fate as that of Ron Jeffrey in our next piece, A Tale of Suspense, written by guest author Zeke Kay, called Iron. Stop Bellevue Station! Bellevue Station next! I get off the train at Bellevue Station and stand there a moment, waiting. No turning back now. The chilly fall air whips the dead leaves from the old oak trees that seem almost to whisper to me. I don't want to go see him. Ron Jeffrey, my former employer, the black-hearted miscreant. For my curiosity, oh, detestable curiosity, the two-faced angel that both delivers and damns mankind, I am defenseless against her. And so she has delivered me here. Let's hope in doing so, I am not also damned. Rod R and Ivy clings to the railing that climbs these stone steps. My fingers cling to the note, the invitation from my former employer. I double check the address, no mistakes. I know he's fallen, but I never thought so far. Be strong, I tell myself. He cannot control you anymore. Be strong, be strong. Busby, you've come, good. Run? Is that you? You look so different. You look desperate. Sit down. Sit down. All right. I came as soon as I got your message. I I thought maybe it was a prank at first, but there you are. It's really you. Heavens. I never would have guessed you'd end up in here. Oh, drop the chit-chat, Busby. I don't have much time. Oh, well, you can take the CEO out of the boardroom, but you can't... Oh, shut it! Well, you all do respect. And you are due very little, sir. I do not work for you anymore. No one does. So you play nice, or I'm back on the train to Manhattan. No, 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 please. I'm sorry. Sorry. I didn't know your throat could cough up such sounds. Have you ever been sorry before? More times than you could know. I... Barkeep! Barkeep! Ron, what are you doing? 
Can I help you two gentlemen? Get this man a drink. Whatever he wants. A, a drink, please. Seems he's not scared of me anymore. Or at least he's pretending not to be. Uh, perhaps a drink might soften his shell. Uh, yes, uh, whatever he wants. Uh, what do you want, Busby? No, no, no. Well, no wait, wait. Surprise him. Yes, surprise him. Something off the top shelf. A drink, but please, Just run. humor him, sir. Okay, fine. There's something off the top shelf! Right. Top shelf. Yes, yes. Okay, she's gone. Let's get right to it. I... I need your help. <laughs> My help? Yes. Don't you think it's a little late for that? I mean, all the lawsuits are settled. You got the criminal charges pleaded down to community service. A gross miscarriage of justice, I might add. Yes, yes, probably so. I had money then to grease the palms and turn the wheels. Besides, I... I'm not that sort of attorney, or have you forgotten? I am a contract lawyer. Yes, and the best one there is. That's why I've called you here. You see, I need you to help me find a way out. A way out of here? A way out of this. I had never seen a contract so dog-eared. So thick, handwritten with wild cursive on parchment in deep brown ink. I'm not sure how his calcified bones managed to lift it. Desperation, a powerful lever. Please. What is it? A deal with the devil. Pardon? You heard me. A deal with the devil. I'm not the sort of man to believe in such things, but his eyes haunted, well up with tears. And that contract, the deep brown ink, dried blood? No, of course not. What am I thinking? I should stand up indignant and leave this horrid place back to the dry, radiated heat and certainty of my brownstone on third. But curiosity had tightened its bony fingers around my wrist and will not let go. So I listen. I, I could tell you I, I wasn't always a bad man. That it was something happened. That, that I was a poor child that uh, swore one day never to go hungry, but just as hard, perhaps worse, I've never gone without. No, I received mother's love, praise and attention from my father. I got the finest education, clothes, food, toys. Nothing was too much. No, no, no. Too much was just right. And I never asked, I never complained, and I never wanted anything I couldn't have had. And I could have had anything or anyone. I was 22. And that's when he approached me. Who? Ron, tell me when who approached you? Some say without knowing the hard times, you can't know the good. Oh, but they know nothing. In a world where everything went my way, the stars aligned to somehow lift me higher. It was the happiest night of my life. Atlantic City. And the boardwalk creaked as we walked along. And the clouds parted to let the full moon shine down on me and my gal, Abby. Yes, that was her name, Abby. I didn't remember it until now. Oh, God, she was so beautiful. And she loved me. And I loved that about her. <laughs> our bellies were full with duck and sweets. And her eyes reflected the rainbow of the lights of the Ferris wheel blurring round and round. We looked over the wooden rail, and beneath the pier, dozens of lanterns seemed to, seemed to dance as old men with scratchy faces searched the black rocks for oysters. <laughs> oh, we laughed, and she looked down. <laughs> oh, let's jump. Pardon? Jump. Both of us, together. Oh, you can't be serious. We die. Perhaps. Oh, you're so silly. Don't you ever get sick of the perfect life? Only on Sunday mornings. <laughs> what if there's something better? Oh, better than I already have? Better than perfect? What if? 
Ron, I'm afraid I can fly. Oh, you're joking. I'm afraid I'll never know if I don't try. Oh, the night breeze is tearing up your eyes. Let's get you home. We turned around just as a parade of costume dragons passed by, comically pursuing a giant figure of a man made from sticks, trailing red and orange ribbon that wiggled in the wind like flames. How <laughs> oh, wonderful. Look at all the colors. Oh, thank goodness Abby oh. was smiling again. But one of the men, his costume, a red and green dragon pasted together from tissue stretched tight, he broke from the pack and he hobbled over to us, rattling his tambourine. A verbless request for arms. I couldn't see his face beneath the tissued mask. Just his eyes painted black, and a chill ran through me. I, I smiled and looked away, hoping he would pass. Oh, give him something, Ron, a few dollars. Uh, all right, in exchange for your smile, my dear. I reached for my wallet, but the paper dragon shook his head. I offer each of you your secret dream come true. Not the wish you wish for when you blow out the lights, but the dream you keep secret even from you. All I ask in return is but a pittance that you give your soul to me. And from beneath his coat of cardboard scales, he produced the parchment. All you want is our souls. <laughs> Let's do it. Ah, oh, but it's nonsense. We'll never know if we don't try. There they were again, those tears in her eyes. I wasn't thinking about what the man had said to us about the wish we keep secret even from ourselves. I only wanted to please Abby. <laughs> all right, all right, give me the pen. Oh, ah, sir, your pen just bit me. He pointed at the dotted line, and I sighed. Now me, now me. Oh, this is silly. Nothing's happened. And the dragon man answered me. Your secret desire will take some time. But yours, my dear, comes when you sigh. Did you hear that? I get my wish now. Ah! Oh, oh, the, the pen. Thank you. Oh. Abby! Like a puppet cut from a string, she collapsed to the ground. I looked up, expecting the dragon man to disappear into the mist. But no, he just stood there, mortal. His paper mask seemed to smile. They'll think you've killed her. Run. I did as he said. I didn't argue. I could have tried to help her, but the thought never entered my mind. I'm the monster! So I turned and ran, disappearing into the mist. And with each step, the memory of Abby dissolved, dripping down my back with the sweat. I'm not sure how I found my way uptown, but I recall collapsing onto my bed, smothered in sticky air. Oh, it was too painful to contemplate, but my beloved Abby, her secret wish was to, to leave this world, and now she's gone, and with her I... Oh, but even though I ached for her, what had I wondered? What was my secret wish? I mean, I had everything, didn't I? Well, what more could I want? And then I had the most vivid vision. I saw myself at the head of a boardroom table, in charge of the largest energy conglomerate in the world. Energy runs the world, and I ran the energy. Here are those statements from yeah. the offshore holding yeah. companies. Right. Sir, yeah. if we flood the lines, we can overcharge for electricity that they can't use and then charge the states a fee to take back the excess power. Why, are you mad? That could bankrupt the entire state of California. Duh. Ah, they're just a bunch of granola-chewing fruitcakes. Who will miss them? <laughs> <laughs> Very good, sir. I agree completely. Very 
The vision ended, but soon it became reality. I lived my life knowing every major event that would unfold before me. Every chance I had to do something good, I knew I'd do something evil. And that's just what I did, every damn step of the way. Gordy, Gordy, you can't run with the big dogs without stepping in some crap every now and then, huh? But what you've done, you've destroyed thousands of people's lives, and I... I... I can't let it go on there. I've said it. Oh, very cute. Uh, driver, stop the car. But we're not at the hotel yet. Well, I know a shortcut here through the alley. <laughs> this is downtown Los Angeles, sir. You really think that's safe? Oh, I'll be fine. Hey, come on. Live a little bit, eh? Uh, I don't know. Ah, come on. Get out of the car. There you go. Yeah. See? Isn't this fun? You... You, you aren't going to try anything funny, are you? I mean, I left a package with a friend. If I don't come back from this trip, the Times will know everything. I mean, everything. <laughs> well, I guess you better not stand so close to me then, huh? What? Excuse me! You there, homeless fellow, rooting through the garbage. Oh, for God's sake, Mr. Jeffrey. Leave me alone. I'm not hurting anybody. Yeah, leave him alone. You beg for money? No. I'm not too proud to take it, though, if you're offering. Can we just go, please? No, no wait, wait, wait a minute. I want to give this man some money. Here's some change. Oh, why oh, don't you just God. hand it to him? <laughs> it's okay. I'll pick it up for you. Whatever. Jeez, Mr. Jeffrey, sometimes I wonder if there's a soul crawling around inside you. Here you are. Thanks. Hey, wait a minute. Did you call him Mr. Jeffrey? Ron Jeffrey? The Iron Ron Jeffrey? In the flesh. Well, you can keep your filthy money. Oh, come on, let's go. You're the lowest of the low, Mr. Jeffrey. Yeah, lower than a homeless man. I had my own business until three years ago when you started playing your little games with the grid. Fifty years, that pizza shop was in my family. All of a sudden, the electric bill shoots from 400 a month to 3,000? Oh. How am I supposed to pay for that? A answer me. S say something. No, we're really oh, sorry, come on. Sir. Who cares? There's no good pizza in California anyway. Oh, you little... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Put down the trash can lid. Don't do anything silly. Ron, apologize. Oh, it's Ron now, is it? What happened to Mr. Jeffrey? What happened to my life? Huh? I lost the restaurant, then the house, then... Susan... We kept putting off taking her to the doctor. You ever had to wipe blood from your daughter's lips, Jeffrey? No, no. no I wouldn't sorry. wish it on a living soul, not even you. Now she's gone and I'll never hold no. her little hand again. I've lost my daughter. Ah, you can have mine. She's a real brat. You piece of crap! Look out! <laughs> Missed me! Oh, is that so? Oh. Ah. Oh. You shot him. You killed him. More like put him out of his misery. He could have killed us. Well... You... you saved my life. Not exactly. What? What are you doing with that? No! No, Mr. Jeffrey! No! Uh. <laughs> Perhaps I could have changed my future, Busby. Stood up, put my foot down. Once I saw where signing that paper was taking me, but I never tried, so I'll never know. And worst of all, all these years, I remember every movement in that tragic symphony of a dream. I played every note as transcribed, yet I couldn't remember her name. Abby, beautiful Abby. It frightens me that I remember her. I must be near the end. I don't know what happens next. 
This isn't what I wanted, Busby. My deepest, darkest fantasy. It can't be. It can't be. Ron. You have to break the contract. Oh, Ron, let go of my arm, Ron. Uh, nurse. You, you, nurse. You have to break the contract. Calm down, Mr. Jeffrey. Let go of the nice man. Visiting hours are just about over. Ron, please let go. Max, Chris, little help. Okay, time for your treatment, Mr. Jeffrey. Let go of his Ron, arm. There you go. Let's go. All right, should I jacket him? No, it'll just make it harder to strap him to the table. Oh, wait, treatment's a table? Every day at four, sir, electrotherapy. Helps keep the devils away, doesn't it, Mr. Jeffrey? This is the contract. Busby, for God's sake, find a way to break the contract! I travel down the stone steps from the front door of the asylum. The lampposts dim and flicker. The irony couldn't escape me. He got what he deserved. Maybe better. Or maybe it was his darkest of secret dreams come true. A man who got everything he ever desired. Maybe his dream was to want something he could never have. The snowflakes flitter down, dancing in the chill, sticking to my wool coat for the four blocks to the train station. It's a long ride back to Grand Central Station, but I do have some interesting reading to keep me company. I don't want to help him. I don't believe it's a contract with the devil. But then again, what if this is the one contract I won't be able to break? I'll never know unless I try. Curiosity, the two-faced angel. She loves me, and I love that about her. New Frequency, signing off in three, two, one.